Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. So we're talking about strong in faith. This will be the last one, I believe. And uh, then we'll move on to another series. And I'll let you know what it is when I know. So, <laughs> that's all right, amen? I had uh, heard a minister say this years ago. He said uh, people would come up to him and go, and he's a phenomenal teacher. And, and they'd come up to him and go, you should teach on this. You should teach on this, you know. And there is some, some good in that. I mean, you can pick subjects and learn that way. And, and uh, finally, he, he looked at somebody and he said, I don't even teach on what I want to teach on. In other words, whatever the Lord picks, that's what we do, amen? If you're in a church and you're part of a body, I'm going to share something here that's going to, could potentially uh, stir you a little bit. But, you know, that's been known to happen around here. So, but I'll just say this, if, you're, if God has you in a church and you know the Lord put you there and you're part of a body and you know that this is, this is where you feel like God has you, Right? whether it's here or somewhere else, doesn't matter, because I know we have some visitors too. That, if God puts you there, he knew who the pastor was, right? He knew. He knows all my faults, right? Okay? And I don't care where you go. If you find the perfect one, when you get there, you'll screw it up. You're all blessed in the name of Jesus. Okay, so <laughs> same, same is true for me, right? It doesn't matter. If, if when I get, in other words, people are people whether they're in positions of leadership or whether they're in positions of helps, right? So we make mistakes, right? But God knew everything already. And when he puts you somewhere, he gives the ministry gifts in that place the words to speak and the subjects to teach on. So don't get too infatuated with your favorite subjects. Okay? Because... How many know, if you want to find preachers, go to YouTube. But for where you're at and the fellowship that you're a part of, that, if that man or woman of God who's over that is assigned to that place, they are, if they're doing it, now if they're just lazy, that's one thing. If they just, you know, play golf all week and hijack somebody's message from that's why you don't hear me preach a lot of what you hear of what the famous preachers are preaching because i ain't one okay i'm that's bad english uh, i'm i'm not one but i have to hear from the lord for here and for you not for my international tv ministry that does not exist so this is not about popularity for me. This is about obedience to God first. And then delivering the way he asked me to next, right? So I'm not saying we can't, I mean, I glean off of all sorts of other ministers. That's not what I'm saying. But where does the Lord have you? What is the word in that house? The word coming through those ministry gifts to you. And are you following it to the fullness that the Lord asked you to? And then from there, we can hear from others as well, right? Amen? Well, some of you are looking at me through squinty eyes. That's all right. See, I'll just say, I'll put it to you like this. Every week we pray for this church. 
and I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about you. If you've been a part of it, we've been praying for you. If you walk through the doors and then left, you know what I mean by that? Like if you visited or if you came and tried it out and thought, no, that's not my church. We, pray for, we prayed that week for you. We, we continue to pray because the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous person makes tremendous power available, dynamic, and it's working, right? And so in that, and then by myself, I pray also. How many know that's a good thing? And spend time praying for the people specifically. Why? Because I have to say something, get up, and share what the Lord wants to share. Now, there's two sides to this, whether it excites you or irritates you. I never noticed where Jesus was like, Lord, I don't want to teach on that. The people don't get excited enough. Lord, last time I taught on that, the religious people tried to stone me. I'm pretty sure the Pharisees and Sadducees walked around with rocks in their pockets. <laughs> Go ahead and preach something we don't like. Can you imagine that? Jesus standing there, they're throwing rocks like this, catching it. <laughs> people say, oh, that probably didn't happen. People have not changed. <laughs> right? So what I, I guess what I'm saying in this is simply this. Wherever the Lord has you, feed. Hear what's being said. Um, I've heard a couple of people have shared testimony. Uh, I was talking to somebody the other day. Um, oh, I was talking to Tim. And he was talking about some of the messages that, that when they came into the church that the Lord had us on and how it, as you hear them and apply them, you look back now six, seven months, eight months, and you go, oh, it's a good thing we heard. And the Lord said what he said, and we took it in because now we're doing it and we're seeing results where, how many know this, that God is not behind the enemy? Do you know what I mean by that? He's not duped. God already knows what's out there, and we got to listen, amen? Thank God for his word, amen? All right, so this morning, we're going to wrap up our series called Strong in Faith. So far, we have seen uh, the main characteristics of strong faith in the description given us to us in Romans chapter 4 concerning Abraham and Sarah. I would encourage you to revisit this chapter in Romans 4 and revisit these messages on faith when you sense your faith beginning to weaken or slip in your life. If you feel like, you know, I'm getting distracted, I'm getting... Our website has, I think, almost every audio message that we've ever preached here, not just me, but others. And now we have, I don't know how many pages of video you can go to the YouTube channel, you can go to Vimeo, you can go to, I don't know how far they backlog on Facebook, but the website itself has tons of messages. You can go back, you can pick them by topic on the right-hand side of the sermons page. Um, and so go back. If you're feeling draggy in an area or you need strengthened in an area, go back and listen again. Remember, faith comes by hearing. I was talking to some of the guys on uh, Friday night about um, when I worked construction, and when I was talking about how I enjoyed doing the menial jobs, not being the superintendent, but doing the menial jobs. Why? I plugged my head in. Sometimes I would listen to the audio Bible all day long. Sometimes I'd get one message that really ministered to me by a particular minister, and I'd listen to that message for six or seven hours straight. Why? Transformation and faith. 
How many know you can't overdose on the Word of God? Like, well, that's enough. I can't take anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'll just say this. It is a supernatural book. It is doing things in you you don't even know about yet. Amen? So go back and listen again and listen again and share it. If it blesses you, share it. You got social media everywhere. Put the, pre- put the word out. Put it out. You know what I mean? Put it out there and get it, get it uh, uh, infecting the enemy's area, breaking out ahead, the furtherance of the gospel. It's too bad, devil, you already lost. All right, so, I mean, too bad for you. It's great for us. <laughs> so make sure to feed yourself spiritually when you feel draggy or you will eventually pass out spiritually. This morning, I want to look at two passages of Scripture that I believe will give you strength to endure in your daily and lifetime faith fight. I put those together purposely, daily and lifetime. We must resist getting weary and well-doing because due season is on the way. So we don't want to faint before due season. Amen? We don't want to faint before due season. So, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse number 11, fight, but you, O man of God, verse number 11, flee, run away from, and if you want to see what the things are, you can read the previous verses, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. So, 1 Timothy, of course, was written by Paul. And his, actually, you know, the last epistle Paul wrote was 2 Timothy. And he declares that in the book. He knows he's moving on. He's done with his race. And so he knows he's going to die physically and go to heaven. His spirit and soul are going to go to heaven. So what he's doing is he's he's encouraging this son in the faith who is now the pastor at the the church at Ephesus. uh, Timothy has been put in leadership in Ephesus. And he knows, well, how many read where Paul said, he knew about Timothy's tears. So apparently Timothy was a crier. I don't think Paul was a crier. I just don't think so. I think, I think God put Paul and Timothy together on purpose. Paul, uh, Timothy was the son Paul never had to, to soften him up. Who knows? I don't know. But how many know that, that uh, apostles can tend to be leathery? Apostles are kind of like rhinoceroses. <laughs> right? People are like, well, that, that minister is kind of tough. It might be an apostle or a prophet. Hard to say. <laughs> but you know, in this case, Paul is writing a letter to Timothy and he's saying, look, these are the things you need to pursue. And look at what we see here. He calls him a man of God, which is, um, you know, sometimes uh, people have, you know, they'll call you man of God, which is a compliment. And it's a scriptural compliment. The expression man of God is used a number of, on a number of occasions in both the Old and New Testaments. And it always seems to mean the man who stands for God in a day of deterioration or worsening. So in other words, men and women of God, and that could be, you understand, the gender is not what's important. It's the, the faith in the heart. This is a person who is standing in the middle of a deteriorating society declaring the gospel of the kingdom. And everybody, somebody say everybody, is called to do that. 
Now, you may not be called to do it from a pulpit, but you're called to do it in your life, in your business, in all of these areas. You're light in a dark world. That's why some people just don't like you. And some Christians are so insecure, they're running around trying to alter everything they do to make somebody like them, when in all reality, you just stink to them in the spirit. And they don't even know why they don't like you. Hello? Okay? And you just need to chalk it up to, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to suffer for you. We count it an honor to be ridiculed for you, Lord. Yeah, you don't get a lot of running on that one either. All right. I'm just trying to warn you in advance, that's all. Okay. Some of the prophets of old were designated this way. Timothy here is spoken of as a man of God, and I am sure that you and I, who know and love the Lord, uh, long to merit that appellation or classification. To be men and women who honor God in a day when many ignore or rebel against him. So we're called by faith to be men and women of God. He says next, pursue righteousness, godliness, and what? Huh. Now, how many realize this? Most of the time, when you talk about pursuits, and most of you have probably heard teaching on righteousness, godliness, love, patience, and gentleness, but they don't talk about pursuing faith, usually. They'll skip that. They'll talk about characteristics, but faith is a big deal, and it must be pursued. It is not something that should just remain a mystery to us. To pursue means to ensue. It means to follow or press forward, to seek after eagerly, to earnestly endeavor, to acquire. It means to hunt, pursue, to hunt. So those of you that just got out of hunting season, or maybe you got an extended tag and you're still hunting, think in terms of when it comes to faith, your pursuit of understanding of faith and receiving of it is like hunting. I need to find this thing. I need to possess this and make it a part of me. Amen? So we need to pursue faith. We need to pursue faith. So specifically, the Holy Spirit through Paul said that we must follow after or seek after eagerly faith. This tells me that you and I are not going to walk in faith naturally or accidentally. Think back over what we discovered about strong faith concerning Abraham and Sarah. What was strong faith? Strong faith calls those things that be not as though they were. Strong faith places its hope in God, not natural circumstances. Strong faith understands its circumstances, but focuses on the promise, thus preventing wavering. Strong faith gives glory to God, talking about what God said and not glorifying the problem. Strong faith is fully convinced that God is able and willing to perform what he promised. Now, many people don't struggle with whether God has the power or not but they struggle with the willing part. You remember uh, the leper came up to Jesus and he said, if you're, you can make me whole. What did Jesus say? I'm willing. Why did Jesus say that? Because he heard the Father say it. So say it with me. Say the Lord is willing and has the power. To meet my need. So I receive. Amen. He's willing and able. 
So we see here that among these other godly pursuits, we are to pursue or develop in living out faith. So I want to challenge you not to just think of general faith, but to go back to the characteristics of strong faith and use it as a checklist to see how you are doing in faith being active in your lives or in our lives. So in other words, go back over what you heard and go, okay, in this situation, there's a promise of God here that says this. But I have a circumstance that is saying completely opposite of this. So I'll go back over Romans chapter 4, verse 17 through 21. I'll look over the characteristics of what I see in Abraham and Sarah regarding strong faith. And if I'm not doing those things concerning my situation and what I'm believing God for, then I'm going to make an adjustment in my life to the characteristics of strong faith in the pursuit of this faith. And this situation will change for me because I'll be in line with God's principles of faith. Obedience to God is a lot more simple than what we actually make it and what the enemy tries to confuse us on. Obedience, faith, guys, faith in its simplest form is just do what God said. But, 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 and this is always the conflict. It doesn't look like it's going that way, and it sure doesn't feel like I should do that. But I feel opposite of, that doesn't mean, you're, that sounds crazy. They called Jesus crazy, they called Paul crazy. When you operate in faith in this life, it is swimming upstream. And the world thinks it's crazy until God's hand shows up. And then all of a sudden, you're a genius, and you need to write a book on how to. But you can have all the books in the world if you have the knowledge but never act. There will be no manifestation. We have to act on what we believe. One of the main actions of faith is speaking. It is the way that I went from a dead man to an alive man in the spirit. I said, Jesus, your Lord. And he went, resurrection power. And I was completely made all brand new on the inside. I'm a new creation in Christ. Now, the outside part's starting to sag. (laughs) Tuck this thing and shove that in the pants, you know. But I'm promised a new one. (laughs) Amen? All right. So what do we see here? We're to grow in this. Now watch verse 12. This is where we're at. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed a what? Good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So what do we see here? We are to fight the good fight of faith. We are to lay hold on eternal life to, to that which we were called. So does fight the good fight and lay hold of sound like it'll just happen naturally? I have to decide to fight. Fight, the first fight, means to contend with an adversary. How many have been doing that? It means to compete for a prize. 
It means to labor fervently or to strive. It means to engage in conflict. Do you know why many believers are not winning against the enemy? Because they refuse to engage. If you just engage, you'd find out how soft he really is. And he's just a big mouth. And you could slap him around with the power and the, re- and the uh, authority in Jesus' name. Not in you. You don't have to be the strong one. The strong man is Jesus Christ. He's already won the victory. We're functioning within this covenant. So it means to contend. I like this. Fight means to contend perseveringly. Right? It's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. So if I'm going to fight, and I'm going to fight the good fight, I need to contend perseveringly. In other words, I wake up and I'm contending today. And I wake up and I'm contending today. And I'm contending today. Yeah, but it's Monday. I don't feel like contending. I'm contending because it's today, and today's the good fight of faith, and I'm going to contend because I'm here to fight perseveringly. Come on. And when I've done all I can to stand, I... You stand there for Now, not in your own strength. This is what's wonderful about it. You've got his strength in you. Amen? To contend perseveringly against opposition and temptation. Both. We win against both. Amen? The good fight just means a virtuous, a morally good, a noble, and a worthy fight. And we're engaged in that. So, uh, one commentary says this, fight as an ongoing process and lay hold as a decisive act. I love that. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. So fight as an ongoing process and lay hold as a decisive act. What am I, when, when does my faith end? When I see what I've believed for. Because we walk by faith, not by... So once you see it, You can move your fight to the next thing, then to the next thing. People say, we have to continue to fight. Get that thought out of your head. You're going to fight till the day that you throw your body off and go to heaven. Well, I just don't want to do that. You're just in your emotion because the scripture says you have to. So get back into your faith. Amen. And go, no, I'm going to get up. I'm going to do this. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let my emotions rule me. I'm not going to let my circumstances rule me. I'm not going to let what it looks like rule me. Lord, I'm standing on your word, and I see what you see. And I believe, and I stand in it until I see it. Amen? And we stand in that place of fight. And we don't, we don't run away from it because we have laid hold of, as a decisive act, we have grabbed eternal life, and I will not let go. Fighting the good fight of faith. Do you know that from the time of promise to Abraham and Sarah to the time of manifestation of Isaac was about 25 years? You will say, I have to wait 25 years. Yeah, this isn't two lanes in McDonald's drive through <laughs> That illustration registers. <laughs> it's not Burger King. You know what I mean? You can't just... God's not like, oh, you know, you're developing in your relationship with him. And what I've found through the years, 
And all the, all the uh, seasoned veterans in the faith fight in the room will agree with this, I believe. What I've found through the years is that the greater benefit I get out of the fight of the faith is my personal character development, my relationship with the Lord, more than whatever the manifestation was, to be honest. In fact, I'm getting more joy out of that. And I've had some cool manifestations in my life. But my relationship with the Lord is better. So, fight the good fight of faith, amen? Keep contending in the contest of faith. The arena of faith. That second word fight actually means arena. So, the good fight of faith is actually an athletic, and it's not a military metaphor. Encouraging Timothy to keep contending in the contest of faith or the arena of faith. So what is Paul saying? He's saying fight, contend the good in the good fight in the arena of faith. Where is the arena of faith? It is where you are right now on the earth. The planet is the arena. We are all here in the Colosseum. Come on, think with me. When people go to a football game, there's a, there's a crowd in the stadium, right? The, the whole human race is within the stadium of the earth. And each and every one of us, especially believers, get the opportunity to daily contend in the battle of, dark, of the arena of darkness in faith as lights. Believing God. Do you know that your breakthrough is more important than you realize even for the person that uh, you're not, like if the, if the benefit of the breakthrough, the benefit of the fight is just for you alone? Do you know it's more important actually not just for you but for people around you? Because they will see God move in your life and they'll go, now wait a minute, I know that person. How in the world God do that for them? And you get to, it's a witness. It's not just a door knock, you know what I mean? I'm here to talk about Jesus, slam. (laughs) It's not going witnessing, it's a living witness. You are a contender in the arena of the earth, a contender in faith. Amen? And as you do this, you develop. As you develop, the glory of the Lord increases. Because he has an avenue, a door through to this planet to show forth his glory, not only in manifestation of his promises, but in character, in holiness, in discipline, in, 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 in loving one another, in family life, in all of these areas, God just continues. The field of our lives become hundredfold harvests for the kingdom seed. And I'm not just talking about finances. Every area, we become living witnesses where in the arena, the contending of faith, we have produced the kingdom in the earth. We have fought through the opposition of the enemy and the curse of the fall, and we have functioned and manifested the resurrection or the victory over death. And out of that, souls are saved, lives are changed, and we plunder hell and populate heaven. Amen? So say it with me. Say, I fight in the arena of faith. I contend. I lay hold and don't let go. Amen? I'm moving this direction. It sure hurts my flesh sometimes, but it's worth it. Mark chapter 5, verse number 21. Let's end here. 
Mark chapter 5, verse number 21 says this. And this is, I, I want you to go back and read over this because I'm not going to be able to go through everything that I have here. But I want you to go back over this and look at Jairus and look at the principles uh, that we looked at at Strong Faith in Romans 4 and look at the, uh, the principles that you just learned about uh, in 1 Timothy 6, 12, fight the good fight of faith and see if Jairus did it. And then apply that to your life. What are you going through that you can apply this truth to and see a victory from the Lord. Fellowship with Him. Let Him speak to you. Take time. Shut the world out. Shut off everything else and sit in fellowship with the Lord and say, Lord, these are your principles of faith. You gave them to me in your word. Tell me what I need to do. Show me. Spirit of God, reveal to me in my marriage, with my kids, in my business, with my body. Come on. Go down the line with my in-laws. Jesus, I just need to love them. You give me the love. It's just so hard to love me. You're not in faith yet. You're still in your feeling. See, mature people don't sit and look at what others should do for them. They look for what they can do for others. That's maturity. You say, how do you know that? My in-laws have done it for me. It's true. Amen? They've done it. I've watched it happen. Like Grammy, she's prayed for me for years. So if you find something wrong, go talk to her. <laughs> my mom, my dad, same thing. My hurt my mom's parents. My, they used to irritate me. Oh, it would irritate because I was in rebellion. I was being dumb. In fact, here's the difference between my dad's parents, well, I should say my dad's dad, and my mom's parents. I was in rebellion. They knew it. I mean, everybody knew it. I was the one that was ignorant. Anyway, so they would see me. My, my mom's parents would be like, especially her mom. She called me Shawnee, which I do not give you any of you permission to call me. <laughs> if you'd like to complain about that, rclawvold at gmail.com. <laughs> okay, so she'd say, Shawnee... We lift you up before the Lord every night before you go to bed. And I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, great. But man, I'd be doing dumb things, and the Holy Ghost would be talking to me. Now, I didn't know exactly what it was at the time, but I know now. And then, uh, <laughs> same, same with my uh, uh, mom's dad, same. And then my grandpa on my dad's side. Now, you've all heard me talk about Grandpa Bob. He's the guy that if you're not working fast enough, you're getting kicked. He had things like you need the shot, a shot in the rear end with a square needle. So this gives you perspective. I walked in one day to his house, and we were having, I think, a barbecue at their house. This is up the house in Gregory Hills. And uh, I walked in and I was, I don't know what I was, I just was, my presence was, you know, had the spirit of stupid all over it. Anyway, so <laughs> I walked in and he came up to me and he's like, what are you doing? And this is my grandpa. You need to quit acting stupid and get your life together. Duly noted, grandpa. <laughs> 
I appreciated that like 10 years later. Okay, so, <laughs> in other words, I was not engaging in my faith like I was supposed to. And we have to engage. Mark chapter 5, verse number 21, it says this, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, he was, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And he begged him earnestly, saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Now watch, he's going to release his faith. He's going to call things that be not as though they were. He says to Jesus, come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Okay? So what did he declare? He declared that he understood that his, wife, or his daughter was at the point of death. He's not ignoring the circumstance that there. What he's doing is he's bringing in another opinion. Come on. How many of you ever heard of getting a second opinion? Well, in your situation, what is God's word over it? Bring it in. Lord, your word says. This is what they say. This is what you say. This is what you've demonstrated to me. And that's what Jairus is doing. Verse 20, 24. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. How many, that might be irritating to you if your daughter was at the point of death. You got all these people around you like, we got to get home. Right? In other words, this is a real situation with real feelings and real emotions that are taking place. And, and yet in the midst of it, Jairus' heart remains in faith. Now watch, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is, this is verse 35, sorry, if I didn't tell you back there, sorry about that, there's verse 35, your daughter is what, okay, why what, why trouble the teacher any further, right, verse 36, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, so in other words, Jesus heard this word, right? Now, there, now you got to think about this. There's a crowd around him. There are people everywhere. In fact, the woman with the issue of blood was just healed, and they stopped for a time. And then right after they stopped, here comes a, the, the, the servant from his house running in going, hey, don't bother. Your daughter died. It's over, right? And then when Jesus heard that, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, what? Well, now that's kind of insensitive, Jesus. See, now I'm going to go to the soul level right now. I'm going to hit this, okay? Don't you think that's kind of insensitive? I mean, the man just got word that his daughter died. How rude, Jesus. What if it was said today? What is Jesus doing? He's contending with what the words, the words of the man asked at the beginning, those were in faith. And in the midst of his faith, what happened? A worse report. Now today, many people would say, well, I guess my faith wasn't working. But what's the difference between healing a sick person and raising a dead person for Jesus? See, it's a matter of what we magnify. It's a matter of what we magnify. 
If we magnify the Lord and we're following Him, we're focusing on Him within the realm of our authority and our faith, and we're listening to Him, He will look at us and go, fear not, only Now, if I say to you, only believe, does that leave room for other things to come in? Come on. If I say to you, only believe, can I now add a bunch of things to that believing? I have to do one thing, right? Only. You say, how do you do that? You decide to do it. What do you think Jairus is feeling the moment he hears that? Do you think he was just like, well, I just feel great. I have all this peace. And Come on. The emotions are riled up, right? But yet from the heart, any human can go, I choose you, Jesus. I choose your word. This is what Abraham and Sarah did. They said, nope, I'm not doing anything. I'm doing this. People make fun of you. Now, we'll see it here. Let's go down. I'll skip all the commentary on that. Verse 37, and he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, and the brother of James. You want to know why? Because who needs all that extra unbelief weighing you down when you're already in faith? So you get the ones that are in faith, your faith buddies, and you stick with them. People say, well, I mean, can you imagine the disciples? They could have been like, why do those guys get a go? There's a lot in these words. Verse 38. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw the tumult and those who wept and wailed greatly. When he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead but sleeping. And they, verse 40, they did what? They ridiculed him. In other words, if you're going to stand in faith, the world will ridicule you. Okay? They'll ridicule, which means to laugh or to deride. To laugh down, it means mocking, laughing. <laughs> you fools. You think God's going to move in this nation? <laughs> and they mock and they mock. And you think God's a, you think God's a lot. You think Jesus is the only way? We're so far beyond that. You believe in a catching away, a rapture of the church. You believe in the return of Christ. You believe that your body could be changed in the twinkling of an eye. And they mock and ridicule. And if you can resist that and only believe, God will turn that shame into glory. And you know what happens? We've got to go back to this. What happens is, you get stronger. Amen? And so he says, that it says they ridiculed him. These people went from weeping to wailing and wailing to laughing and mockery that quick. Verse 41. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, no, no, I'm sorry, go back. Verse 40. We got to look at this. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and mother of the child and those who were with him and he entered where the child was lying. Sometimes you got to put stuff out of your house. If you want your faith to work. And I'll just tell you this. In the commentary it says this. um, Concerning he put them out. Let me find it here. The text does not say Jesus was angry or he used force. Yet the image is reminiscent of, of him cleansing the temple. He put them out. Except for those who clung to hope. 
namely the father, the mother of the damsel, and the disciples who had chosen to witness this, who he had chosen to witness this event. In other words, he kicked what out? Unbelief. He is the most insensitive pastor you've ever seen. Jesus did not stand at the door and say, thank you for coming today. Thank you for coming today. God bless you. Thank you for coming today. He looked at him and said, you out. You know, I wonder sometimes about Jesus. I wonder if people saw fire in his eyes. Can you imagine him walking through the temple, cleansing the temple? I bet the disciples were sitting around going, I wonder what he's making that cord for. Why is he making that whip? What you do, Peter? (laughs) Goes into the temple. It wasn't, behold, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. (laughs) It was, ah! (laughs) You know? Didn't even ask. He didn't walk by and go, you know, in a few minutes, I'm going to flip all the tables. Do you want to clean your coins up? And he took the child by the hand and said to her, Telethakumai, which is translated, the little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age. And they were overcame with great amazement. In other words, if you'll stand in faith, if you don't budge, if you don't let fear move you, if you keep your hope in God, if you don't waver, if you don't allow your circumstance to be bigger than your God, if you put your hope in the right spot, if you declare and speak what he says about your situation, and don't let the world ridicule you out of or mock you out of God's promise, you'll come to the place of amazement. Amazement will come. Come on now. I feel some hearts are just on the edge. You're almost convinced. Come on, just tip over just a little bit more. Just because this is what the enemy does. And this is exactly what he'll say to you. Well, yeah, on some things, but you've had other things in your life for a long time. And you weren't able to overcome in this area years ago. So why would you be able to? This is how the devil works. And he say, he'll say things like, remember you screwed up in all these areas? You're going to go back to that. You're going to do it again. You can't help it. You can't stop it because that's who you are. When God's going, no, that's not who you are. You're not that way. And this is what he's trying to do. He's trying to get you to look in the face of the impossible and go, it's going to happen just as he said. It will come to pass. Come on, stand with me. Stand up. We're done. (laughs) That's enough. That'll keep you going for a few days. Come on. It shall come to pass. You, say it with me. Say, I won't, I won't. let fear, let fear. Or, ridicule or ridicule stop my faith. Stop my We're growing. We're developing. See, I'm not just, I, I agree with being positive. Okay, I'm not against being positive, 
But we're, I'm not just trying to stir you up with you know, some sort of psychological... This is not a sales meeting where you're all salespeople working on full-time commission and you better be charged because you're going to... That's not what we're doing. What's going into you is resurrection, undefiled seed of the Word of God. It's going into us. It's going into, it's changing the way we think. It's, it's, it's settling into the soil of our hearts. And as we're walking in obedience to the Lord, weeds are being removed. Rocks are being pulled out. Water is being applied by the Holy Spirit. Fertilizer is being put around this seed. And that seed is growing and growing and growing and growing. And those that have been at it for years, who already have full stocks, you're being pruned and trimmed. And your stocks, your limbs are coming out even stronger so you can bear even more fruit. And I am not going back to who I was. That man died. I'm a new creation. Everything old has passed away. I've got a future that's bright. There is nothing in my now that the Lord is telling me to let go of that can compare with the amazement that is out there. And the same is for you, right? How are we going to make it through this? By the grace of God in our faith. And it is happening. And once we've done all we can to stand... What are you going to do today? Stand. What did you do yesterday? Stand. Where are you at? I'm in the arena of contending in faith. And I'm not quitting. Say it with me. Say quit is not in my vocabulary. <laughs> if you could see how close victory was. It is so close. I mean, so close. Right there. So, ha ha, devil. Amen. Well, we'll have altar care workers up here. If you need prayer for anything, I'm going to close in prayer. If you need healing, baptism, Holy Spirit, any of that stuff, salvation, we have that all available people to minister to you if you need that. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Father, we bless you and honor you. We glorify you. Thank you for your written word. Thank you for faith in us. Thank you for the move of your spirit. Father, I thank you that by the Holy Spirit, you're going to take what's been taught from your word and you're going to minister to each and every person in this place during the week. You're going to talk to them at work. You're going to talk to them whether they're with their kids, their families. You're going to talk to them when they're by themselves in the devotion time with you, Lord. You're going to speak to them and give them light. And Father, I thank you that you are working in them both to will and to do your good pleasure. That you who completed or began a good work in them will complete it. Lord, that their minds are being transformed. And so I do even as you spoke through the Apostle Paul, Lord, I say to them, I commit you to the grace of God until I see you again. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. All right, God bless you guys. Have a great, great week. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.